What's up? What do a retired assassin, four assassins, and a beatdown pro wrestler desperate for relevance have in common? Uh, I have no idea. What do they have in common? Well, let's find out, because this week I watched The Wrestler. And this week I watched Nobody. It's time to make The, the Movie, movie Connection. Here we go. Welcome, everybody. How's it going? My name is Jacob, and I'm here with my sister, Casey. And this is the podcast, The Movie Connection, which is a podcast where, you know, in an effort to broaden our uh, movie horizons, we decided to assign each other movies we haven't seen, you know, uh, each week. And then we watch them, and we meet up to discuss and review them, and then we try to see if there's any kind of connection between these two different movies. Any little connection at all. Any little connection. I mean, you know, sometimes the results are pretty interesting. Um, yeah. And this, this week, week, I don't, I don't think it was too hard. No, not really. I, I got quite a few connections. I think. Awesome. Me um, too. I've got a couple. I gotta check out uh, Nobody, which just came out like last year. Well, last year at this point, but you know, within this year. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So that's a nice new one. And then, uh, Casey, you got to see. The Wrestler, which came out a while ago. Yeah, a bit ago, a bit ago. Uh, a bit. <laughs> just a bit. Um, awesome. So, yeah, this was really uh, good. Worked out kind of nicely, because, yeah, uh, the connections came up pretty naturally. They did, they did. Um, well, awesome. What do you say we just dive right in? We just ram jam into this motherfucker, <laughs> all right? I'm ready. So, Casey, in your own words, tell me a little bit about <clears throat> this movie, The Wrestler. <laughs> Brandy, a.k.a. The Ram, is an aging wrestler. He's past his prime, but he's stuck chasing the past and pushing for a dream of pro wrestling. Ooh. He does steroids and dyes his hair <laughs> and tries to keep up... <laughs> But one night after an intense match, he suffers from a heart attack, Ooh. which pushes the important things into life for him. Uh, he works to try to reconnect with his estranged daughter and pursues a relationship with a cool stripper named Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, Randy can't seem to resist the urge to continue his pro wrestling and goes to fight the ultimate rematch. Boom. The ultimate rematch against a real life uh, pro wrestler. There's a lot of real life oh, pro wrestlers cool. in here. Um, that make little cameos and so forth. But um, the Ayatollah was like, a, it was a big, yeah, pro wrestler uh, thing uh, for a time. Um, and yeah. It, and it was at like the height of, I mean, pro wrestling, I tell you what, it's got an audience. Um, it does. And it endures. Like it is still around. Um, I know. And people still like pay to watch the fights and stuff. Yep. Like I have friends that will be like oh i'm i'm paying to and we're gonna watch the fight this friday and i'm like that's cool <laughs> <laughs> oh pay-per-view even yeah 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 it's crazy like um 
I am a bit surprised. I, I, I would be interested to see how the numbers have dwindled because they must have by now. And like, especially like, I mean, post COVID, it's very strange. Like I've caught some wrestling matches on TV and it's, yeah, Weird. it's, it's odd because the, the stands are very empty and like, yeah, how awkward is that? Cause it is like, they must feed off of the crowd. And so, yeah, you've got these guys desperately trying to maintain these theatrics, but it's just so much more awkward when it's like, well, we're in an intimate we're, setting. Like, this is weird. Right. Right. Nobody's here cheering. Yeah. yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. And I it's think wrestling. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's just going to say wrestling. Like, it's just so archaic in some ways, because like you look at a wrestling match and for me, like it takes me back into like spartacus time <laughs> right where oh, people are like exactly right yeah you know um and so it is interesting because like i wonder if it will always have an audience i'm sure you're right covid probably totally did like dip dip that a little bit you know absolutely like and especially <clears throat> like mma like i just don't know about most of these martial arts uh sports um, yeah i used to when i worked in an office you know before covid i used to drive by an emma MMA studio every day on my way to work and that place it was always full yeah like I would see the people working out in the window yeah like every nice. day on my drive in it, it was crazy at 5 30 in the morning you know yeah it is impressive what human bodies are capable of and so forth. yeah like um I enjoy boxing movies um, same not boxing necessarily I would never want to go <laughs> to a boxing match I, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I would enjoy that. But I will say that I took like two years of kickboxing. Oh, shit. That's and right. genuinely loved it so much. And I miss doing it um, like so much. I really wish that I could do it right now. Yeah. Uh, because it keeps you in shape. And it is like a really, really good way to let out yeah. aggression. Yep. In a healthy um, way, in a control, sometimes, usually, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, always healthy for me. Yeah, but, um, right. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, and it just made me feel really strong, too. And also, like, I could protect myself. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so there's, like, a lot of benefits to doing something like that. Totally. And, like, you know, never, never say to a pro wrestling fan that it's fake too and you know what I, <laughs> I, yeah like i think we have come to the point where it's like i think we all agree oh we kind of saw this in uh in um uh, fighting with my family yeah yeah where it's like you know it's not really <clears throat> big. like they I, think of them as like really good like stunt performers it's basically yeah. what they are um totally and that's really impressive because yeah they they really know how to work it and know how to land properly like yeah so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even those skills can help you in a fight because somebody's expecting you to just hit the ground a certain way, but it's like, oh, I've got training. Like, I know how to Right, I know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, wrestlers, like, yeah, no, uh, they can still fuck you up. Like, uh, <laughs> The Rock? Yeah, I'd be afraid. Yeah. I would be too. And that's if why... such a nice person. <laughs> that's why The Rock can beat Vin Diesel. No question. <laughs> yeah no question sorry ben yeah sorry ben. but like have you seen the rock's arms like <laughs> he i keep saying that he is trying to become a rock that is the goal like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually eventually he's gonna be camped out against the side of a mountain and we're gonna be like what's going on it's like it's happening 
<laughs> what? It's like, I'm becoming, becoming part of the mountain, the mountain, man. I'm becoming a rock. <laughs> so what do you say we have some Q&A regarding The Wrestler, this movie that I had you watch? Yeah, let's do it. So the movie shows a different side of, we kind of been talking about this, a different side to professional wrestling. What do you think? You know, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I liked that they showed, like, you know, that it wasn't real. Like, we see some movies and they they really don't show, like, the behind-the-scenes part. I liked that the locker room where they're, like, talking about, oh, this is how we're going to do the fight. Right. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I appreciated that. Um, and like you said, too, like, it's like a performance, you know? Like, so I think that's cool. Um, right. Uh, I thought it was good, though. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really interesting. Nice. Uh, some of it was kind of gross, but yeah, that was exciting. Right. Yeah, Like gross. when he cut himself. And apparently he actually cut himself. Uh, I read that, and I believe it. Yeah. Because I saw his face, and it looked like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, like, again, like, that would not happen today. No fucking way. Don't bring real blood in here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, absolutely i wouldn't allow yeah, we don't no. I, I wouldn't allow it like i get like you know this is the line i'm talking about with movies where it's like oh we're going for realism it's like yeah but blood carries disease we know that like blood carries right, disease right, and right. stuff like that like let's not um yeah actually cut himself yeah and that makes sense because it looked yeah too good wow it looked too good i agree it looked like he, it hurt and it it looked bloody. It was gross. <laughs> and then you talk about the locker room scenes. Like, there's a few instances of, like, improv work in here. And uh, those locker yeah. room scenes, it really pays off. Because, yeah, these are... Most of these guys, I think, are pro or at that pro level and actually doing the stuff that we're seeing. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so they allowed them to improvise. And, like, they... Yeah, they drop the lingo and all that stuff. And, yeah, yeah, it you... felt really genuine and real. Right. Like, I was actually there. You know, Totes. versus like a scripted thing would have felt kind of stiff. And but this felt like guys like talking about their fight in a locker room. You yeah. know, I liked it. And uh, that's kind of the tone of the whole movie. It, the movie kind of has a documentary-esque feel without being a documentary. Down to the way that it's filmed. Yeah, right. Even the way that it's filmed feels that way. Um, Josh didn't watch it with me, but he caught a couple of peeks at it. And he was just like is this like a documentary? Is yeah. this a biopic? And I was like, no. Yeah. So, you know, even the way that it's filmed, like Good. a couple yeah. glimpses that he got, he got that, you know. That's awesome. So it does have that feel. Like um, another instance of that improv style was, uh, you know, Randy, eventually he gets like a job. He, he works at a, what, like a grocery store? Or yeah. A department store or something? No, a grocery store. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, we see him improvise. We see Mickey Rourke improvising, you know, working behind the deli counter. And I really totally. like those scenes, too. Um, yeah, it felt authentic and real. And that's kind of, uh, it shows a more charming side of Randy, I think. Like, I really like Totally. Yeah. Totally. I agree. Yeah, because Randy is kind of a complex and interesting guy. Yeah. Because we see this, like, meathead <laughs> at the beginning that's like, so into the wrestling and stuff you and know? really um, uh holding and on to the past yes kind of. holding yeah. on to the past um we get an 80s soundtrack like yeah he seems like the kind of guy who would listen to 80s music 
he's also like the kind of guy which I I know these people in real life I'm sure you do too but like that just tell you stories of like the golden days yeah. over and over we see him do that like multiple times too because mm-hmm. uh, he's really like living backwards in time yeah um yeah backwards in time absolutely that's a good way of and then it. and then we see like him like trying to reconnect with his daughter and that shows like another complex side of his character and then when he like has the heart attack that shows us another piece of him so it's it's that's kind of hard to watch too that was yeah he's doing really good at selling this heart attack like fall, post heart attack all of this stuff oh my god yeah like when totally. he tries to work out again i was like it felt i felt winded <laughs> me too yeah they did a really he did a really fantastic job in this scene yeah. or in you know in this role in the movie yeah mickey Rourke. yeah it's that's probably like, he's really good yeah, head and shoulders above every other part he's played, probably. Um, and I like Mickey Rourke. And, like, and this movie, though, did kind of show. It's like, oh, no, this dude can act, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, so we kind of talked about... Uh, what do you think about the relationship between Randy and Cassidy? And then Randy and his daughter, Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Randy and Cassidy have, like, you know, an interesting relationship um yeah she you know at first I'm just like is she just like because he's a client is she just trying to like keep him happy you know what I mean and it does have that feel where it's that professional professionalism that a stripper client kind of has where it's like right we're having a good time but you know like right I'm on the clock like you know you're paying me for a dance and we're talking um now you gotta go like you know yeah yeah, totally. Uh, but, you know, as it goes on, like, after he has this heart attack and she, like, meets him in his car and they have that, like, really nice moment um, and she, like, pushes him to reconnect with his daughter, I'm like, oh, she remembers things about his life that he's told her if she knows he has a daughter, you know? Right, right. So, like, then then you start to see, like, so hard to keep it one-sided, you know? Yeah. Um. So, I think that their their relationship is good and interesting um maybe not the healthiest but you know like right they're both in a tough position so um but his daughter like oh god that's some heart-wrenching shit right yeah. there hold on let's that so the cassie yeah i like what you were saying where it's like it did really build uh because you're right i was wondering the same thing excuse me where it's like oh is he pushing too much is this is this going to get awkward? Yeah. But it's like, no, he's, it's pretty standard. And then, like, she initiates. Like, she says, like, I'll meet you and everything like that. So you can see her really wanting to maintain that professionalism. But she does kind of, yeah, feel something for him that's more. She does. Yeah, she definitely does. She's just trying not to. Right. You know, also, like, she, uh She's so good. Yeah, and she did really She's good. So it's, good. And this is Marissa Tomei, who, uh, you know, we just saw in, uh, she, you know, she plays Aunt May in the, the Spider-Man movies. And, uh, yeah, we got to see yeah. her recently. And she did really good in this latest this like, Spider-Man movie. She did. And this is, like, a whole different side to her and her acting, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, which I appreciated. I was like, oh, wow, this is a really different role from Aunt May, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, really shows her <laughs> shows her chops. Have you ever seen uh, My Cousin Vinny? 
You know, I haven't, but I've heard about it a lot. Yeah, I might put that on the list uh, because she's pretty dang good in that too. Um, That's a nice comedy. Yeah, Miss Marissa Tomei, um, underrated at times. Like, yeah, she can really pull it out. Yeah, she's great. She did good. Okay, and so, yeah, moving on to, so Randy and the daughter. Yeah, that's a bit more, uh, oof, oof. Oof. It's such a hard thing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, because it's just, it's, like, heart-wrenching because you can see that he does love her and, like, he has that picture, that really old picture of her from when she's little. Yeah. And he, like, writes her phone numbers on it and crosses them out as she changes it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he keeps That's a nice detail. on her. Yeah. But um, just, like, so heart-wrenching because, like, from her point of view, you know, it's like she's putting everything into the relationship and he never put anything into right. it, you know, it's... and, like, left her. And, like, at first I was, like, thinking, oh, you know, because he was, like, on tour and wrestling. But, like, it sounds like he legitimately, like, left her. Yeah. Like, abandoned her. Yes. Which is just a whole nother level of, like, (laughs) heart wrench. (laughs) Yeah, where it's, like, that makes it pretty hard to forgive, bro. Yeah. The scene that they had, like, walking on the beach and the pier was just so beautiful. Yes. And then it just made it, like, ten times worse. Yeah. Yeah. When he, like, <laughs> went up. and, yeah, he, like, went and was, like, watching the wrestling, and then he goes and he parties and, <laughs> you know, does coke Becomes and a shit. fireman. <laughs> and then blows off his daughter, like, Man. ugh. In the most, like, it's just such a heartbreaking. It's fucked. Ugh. Um, it sucks. Because, so much. yeah, they did a really good job because you got to figure we're we're only coming in at this point in the story. Yeah, we don't know the history, so... Sometimes, like, it can seem a bit much, like, is she overreacting? It's like, no, like, we don't know. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, no phone call, no anything, and he literally just forgot her. Yep. Like, he he literally just didn't show up because he forgot. Like, that's yeah. heartbreaking. It's fucked. And, uh, and you just get the sense of, like, him doing this to her before multiple times like that's just what i felt like in her disappointment yes i was just like yeah i can tell that this is like a thing that has happened many times you know because even in her like body language because when he shows up again at her place like she's just kind of staring forward like just not letting any of it hit her like that's what you do sometimes you just gotta you disassociate yeah um she's like i don't love you i don't hate you you know yeah, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's good shit. And like, you know, I don't know. There was hope in the middle of the movie for them. Exactly. And then it just, they really killed it. They really killed it. <laughs> <laughs> they and, really did. And a good actress to play her, though. Evan Rachel yeah, Wood. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, really like that actress. Um, Is Randy a deadbeat dad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can be a good wrestler and a bad dad. <laughs> and like we do see him try like he genuinely tries so that's something but it's not everything <laughs> well and it's also you know like him reaching out he had the heart attack he reached out and at first i kind of felt the same way she did where she's like no you just want me to take care of you because we see that he's like behind on his bills and he's struggling 
And I'm just like, uh, don't be that person. But then he wasn't that person. And so then I was like, okay, maybe there's hope there, but there's just, you can love somebody and still not be what they need you to be. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the case here is like, he loves her, but he's just like, not a good dad. Yeah. That's hard. That's tough. It happens. It Um, does. This movie loves its 80s songs, uh, 80s <laughs> yeah. song tracks. Uh, was the 80s the best decade for music in rock and roll? In rock and roll, I think so. Oh, oh, okay. In dokey. rock and roll specifically, probably, right? Because right? we've got like Aerosmith, we've got Guns N' Roses, we've got, <laughs> I mean, we have some good fucking awesome bands Awesome hair there, bands. You know? 80s was also glam rock was a uh, thing. Joan Jett. Yeah, there's like some badass women that rocked out then True. too um yeah i think probably 80s for is rock probably music specifically favorite version of rock and roll yeah for sure um because There's some new rock that's good though like uh and i do agree with what they say like kurt cobain like for some reason our generation is supposed to like grunge and like the night because it's the 90s music right but yeah it's okay it was it's not a good moment for mu- like rock and roll <laughs> like no, I agree. I'm like, not big there's on some, it. There's some music from the 90s that I like. Um, Mostly in the hip-hop rap section, though, because yes. that's when hip-hop and rap came to prominence. Like, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, rock definitely, I feel like the best rock was in the 80s, for yeah. sure. Peak rock and roll. People Peak were still using roll. their instruments. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, the ending is kind of ambiguous. Did Randy yeah. survive the Ram Jam? I knew that you were going to ask this question, and I thought about it a lot. Yeah. And I, I think he died. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate because it, this happens where it's like, in order to fit the story, sometimes the lead characters, yeah, it just makes sense story-wise for them to pass on. It's, and since this is such a movie about aging and like stuff yeah. like that, uh yeah it it dramatically makes sense for him to yeah it was the the last ram jam yeah it really feels like he was like heading towards this precipice and like didn't have any other things to look forward to right right do you know what i mean yeah because even she i forgot that she's not there at the end to watch him like she's totally gone (laughs) his daughter no uh, Cassidy, because she shows up, but then she leaves. Like, he looks for her in the stands, and she's not there. Yeah. Well, she's behind. Isn't she behind the... No. Well, wherever oh, he looks, he like, they make a point of, like, showing, like, oh, look, see? Cassidy, not there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think he died, though. Yeah, and especially they keep, like, focusing on him. Grabbing his chest. Yeah. And even the Ayatollah is like, hey, yo, you're not okay. Like, just pin me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, even he can tell something's off. Yeah, sad. Sad. Yeah. Um. So that's all the questions I really had. So let's talk about our favorite questions. Favorites. So favorite uh, performance. Uh, that would have to be Randy and Mickey Rourke. He's just like... He really, really became this character, I yeah. feel like. And really like, gave it the real treatment. He did a really good job. Yeah. 
I definitely felt like I was actually watching like a movie about this guy, you know, like I really did. I felt like he was a wrestler. I felt, I felt it. Felt the age. Like, again, like I, I've seen this movie a few times. It's probably my favorite Aronofsky movie because it's just the most rewatchable and digestible, uh, kind yeah. of the most mainstream of his stuff while still being pretty brutally like honest and gritty and real. Um, I mean, this is a guy who made Black Swan, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Black Swan is a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, it is, but so, it is like a hard rewatch. Like, I've only watched it twice ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I am like really good at rewatching movies, <laughs> totally. but I can't. Yeah. Ugh, the fingernail scene. Oh, don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's the razor scene. Yeah, for this, or yeah, yeah. equivalent. Um, totally. ugh, not good. What a fucked up. <laughs> what a fucked up guy. And he also did Mother, which I don't. I don't think I will rewatch that one. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I'm good. Um, favorite scene. Uh, my favorite scene has to be uh, when he's at the deli and he eats some of the ladies' potato salad. <laughs> um, <laughs> before he totally loses his shit. Yes. Yes. Um, because, like, I've worked in customer service before. I worked at TJ Maxx for four years. I worked at a restaurant for four years. So, like, I know that feeling of, like, you're exhausted and you don't want to be at work and everything outside of work is fucked up. Yeah. And then you're at work and you have this customer that is just... Yeah. A little less. Yeah. A little, a little more. more. <laughs> a little... Yeah. So, I was just like, man, you know, there are so many times that I wish I could have done that like at stone cliff <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah so it was so satisfying getting to watch somebody else do it absolutely yeah that's a good one uh favorite quotation yes um it is from randy he says you know people who drive the cadillacs the ones with the politics they run the show it ain't about ability so you hang in there yeah Right. Yeah, I liked that because he's just like he is really inspiring to the other wrestlers in yeah. particular. Like we get to see him like saying stuff like that to a bunch of the young wrestlers coming in and like, you know, talking about going and getting beers with them afterwards. Yeah. And it it's nice to see that part of him, like the mentor part. Yeah. And he you genuinely know? He's like, yeah, go on. Yeah. He's like a legend in their circle, you know. And he genuinely likes his fans, it seems. Like, he he, yeah. he always signs the autographs. He never never get the impression that it's like, oh, God, these guys again. It's like, no. I know. Cause he's, he genuinely, yeah, he loves what he does. And yeah. he loves his, the people who support him. Absolutely. And then the kids, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. So um, cute. So would you rewatch or recommend? Um... I don't know if I'll really rewatch it. I might rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend it though because it's really, really good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just rewatching it, it did leave me like in a little bit of a hole of depression after yeah, watching it. Yeah, for sure. It, it ends on a low it's note. It's kind of heavy, you know. Yeah. yeah, and it's just kind of heavy because it's like, you know, there's just like a lot of shit. Totally. Um. But I definitely would recommend it, and I might rewatch it, like depending on the mood. Totally. Sorry, Frankie's trying to get comfortable anyway <laughs> and then out of five stars how many stars would you give the wrestler so i would give it four and a half stars nice yeah it's really um, good yeah 
because it's so good. And the only reason it doesn't get five for me is just the pacing mm. in the middle is just like a little bit slow. Yeah, for sure. Right, 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 right. And I think that that was like a good choice because they're showing like the monotony of everyday life. But, um, you know, uh, I, I think if it was just a little quicker in the middle, I might have been like five stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if there was like some kind of happy resolution, which I'm glad that there wasn't because, <laughs> yes. you know, that's not always how life is. And it's good to see it like he's like a deadbeat dad. So it's good that, you know, his daughter is kind of putting up walls. Yeah. But it's also sad. <laughs> it is. Right. It's yeah, yeah. hard to watch. Yeah. Nice. Hard yeah. to watch. does yeah. have a bit of a soggy metal. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Solid. Four and a half out of five. Love to That's see it. That's great. All right. So now I guess it's time for me to talk about my movie. Nobody. Nobody. Not the so nobody. So before... <laughs> no, just nobody. Just nobody. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, so Josh and I watched this... Uh, when he was sick, we were trying to find something. <laughs> when Josh was really sick, he only wanted to watch like violent movies. <laughs> I don't know what it he was. Just wants like, to watch the world wanted... burn. <laughs> I guess he wanted to see people in more pain than he was in. <laughs> but uh, I was like, I don't really like violence that much. So I was looking and looking, and then I found this, and I was like, No, I do want to watch this. Yeah. Like I like this actor a lot. Yeah. Um, Bob but Unger. did you know? Yeah, he's mm. great. Mm. Um, did you know that Tobey Maguire produced this movie? What? No. <laughs> yeah. What? I did not see that. Crazy. Tobey Maguire. So, why, why the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind see, of a fun. See, he's a weird and it's like dude. Only... <laughs> Tobey Maguire is a weird fucking dude. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. The and I think guy? it's the only producer credit that he has right now. Really? So it's really interesting that's that this really is like weird. what he made... <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was a fun way to start it out. I'd love to see those BTS uh, interviews. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I did not realize that. So let's hear, uh, yeah, let's hear your, in your own words. Yeah. So nobody. Hutch Mansell, played by Bob Odenkirk, uh, lives a pretty mundane suburban life. But when Hutch and his family are victims of a domestic break-in, Hutch fails to take action resulting in the disappointment of his son and the ridicule of pretty much everyone else. It's really fucked up. (laughs) That cop should not have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Uh, What they don't know is, Hutch is far more than the typical suburban husband, after all. He didn't stop the break-in due to fear, but out of mercy. It turns out Hutch used to work as an auditor for the three-letter agencies. You know, CIA, NSA, any of those guys. Basically, the last guy you want to come across. I love that connection. Where it's like, yeah, they called me the auditor. It's like, what? why? It's like, because I'm the last person you want to see. It's like, oh, that checks out. Yeah. Checks out. Because, um, yeah, ain't nobody want to be audited. You keep your receipts? <laughs> no. No, no sir. <laughs> um, he thought the retired life might suit him better, but when he ends up brutally injuring a connected Russian mobster, Hutch has to use his arsenal of weapons and hand-to-hand skills to return to the quiet life he disrupted, if that's even possible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a very familiar story. Um, it is. We've gotten a lot of these. Uh in particular, like John Wick comes to mind, and uh, they kind of 
wanted to make that connection, I guess, because it is written by the same guy who wrote John Wick. Oh, I did not know that. So it's interesting that, you know, he he has a type. <laughs> but yeah. this does manage to be much pretty different from John Wick. I think it successfully sets itself apart, e even though they keep trying to push the connections, because apparently even the poster is uh, very much based off the John Wick poster, but instead of guns pointed at his face, it's fists and everything. Yes. Yes, that's true. So I thought that was interesting, because they did manage to make it very different from John Wick. Now, you haven't seen John Wick, but um, but I think you get the get the idea. Yeah. The, the... Uh, also, I gotta correct myself. Uh, Tobey Maguire has produced more than just this movie. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I, I would hope so. He actually so. has produced a movie that I'm gonna assign you later on in the season. Oh, no. Another one. No. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> Maybe he's a good producer. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> producing basically just means here, I have money, like I have Here's some connections, <laughs> just make this thing. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. if he's a good, I, I don't know. Toby McGuire, man. Toby McGuire. He's an interesting fella. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've seen this movie countless times. The unstoppable guy yeah. uh, who you underestimate, but who could kill you. Yes, totally. Um, and it was fun. It was fun to fun to watch. And especially Bob Odenkirk is not the actor you would uh, cast in such a role. Yeah. And he pulls it off nicely. Cool. That's like leading right into my first question. Nice. So we'll, let's hop into it. Yeah. Um, so you watched Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, how, did, <laughs> how did Bob Odenkirk um, do in this more like serious, Role. Right. Um, so Bob this Oden... is like a much more serious movie, right? Yeah. And Bob <clears throat> Odenkirk, he's known for his comedic chops. He did. Now, I haven't seen the, the comedy shows that he's associated with. Uh, he did a show, I think it was with David Cross. Um, and uh, they brought that, but that, that came and went. Um, so, but key being like he's a good sketch writer and comedic actor. Um, yeah. One of the earliest things I remember him from was he has a bit part as um, Matthew Broderick's brother in The Cable Guy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting to see him. Like, he's pretty much a schmo in that one. Like, not not really showing off his skills. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and I loved Breaking Bad. Great, great series. And yeah. uh, he's one of the best parts of it, for sure. And now he's even got his own show, uh, Better Call Saul. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I really appreciated the connections to Breaking Bad that I felt were going on here. Cause it felt like, yeah. it's like, uh, what if Bob Odenkirk was the, the Walter White? <laughs> totally. That is kind of how it felt. Yeah. And, uh, I felt I was, uh, more interested in that than it, than the connections to John Wick. Um, so, Same. so I really liked that. The trailer won me over like, uh, like, you know, it was yeah. a very well done trailer. Yeah, the trailer is really good. Really sparked. I watched it before we watched the movie. Um, and usually I don't watch trailers, but I was like, uh, for a violent movie, I'm going to watch it because <laughs> I might not want to watch the movie, you know? Yeah. But uh, no, it's a solid trailer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, even then I was like, well, I, the appeal is like Bob Odenkirk doing this kind of movie. Like, I got to see totally. it. Um, and then especially when you find out 
that he, you know, did the training. Like, he went through it all. Like, a good, like, two years, I want to say, preparing for this two role. Two years. So, you know, you got to see it. You got to see it. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, when somebody goes to that effort to, like, really, you know, learn the trade that they're trying to portray, like, the method acting. But, like, you know, for him, like, I'm sure this was a really good experience. And yeah. to not have to use stunt people... Right. And, and, uh, yeah, totally. And, and I appreciate that, uh, the work was, it was up on the screen. So he trained for two years and they, they made a point of really, uh, showing extended, extended, uh, camera shots and stuff like that to really show you. It's like, no, he's doing it guys. Don't worry. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So that was, I, uh, appreciated that. And again, they really did manage to make these fight scenes different from the John Wick ones because they seemed much more real, grounded, like where it's like, oh, people are getting hurt. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, st some of the action is still pretty fantastical, but the injuries and the impact is like real, I think. Like, yeah, I yeah. agree. Like he doesn't um, just uh, not get injured the whole time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite fight scene? Favorite fight scene. Um, it is connected to my favorite scene, so I won't talk Damn. too much about it. But they, <laughs> but they do have a few really good fight scenes in this. Um, yeah, I agree. Because like, there's I... a bus scene. There's because then as it uh, gets a little crazier at the end, we even get the involvement of, you know, Hutch's own father, um, yes. uh, played by Christopher Lloyd. Um, and what then what a choice. Yeah, what a choice. Exactly, what a choice. Like never would have. Yeah. I think that that's kind of this movie where it's like, wait, who's <laughs> casting this? Bob Odenkirk yeah. as a badass fighter. What's happening? Christopher Lloyd as his father and also badass fighter. Um, so fun. And then the RZA uh, playing his brother. Uh, what? Whatever. Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's his brother. Like I think that's, or at least uh, definitely raised that way because they're in pic all the pictures together and stuff like that. Yeah. He was definitely raised as his brother. Um, and uh, played by the RZA, who has done action movies before. Uh, he's just not very good. At, he's not the best actor. Um, but mm -hmm. I thought he did really good in this. Yeah, I agree. Um, and really pulled off those action scenes. Like, RZA plays... Um, well, he's most known for being fucking awesome rap rap artist, first of all. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but he's also... Uh, he does soundtracks for Quentin Tarantino often. And then he oh, did the movie cool. The Man in the Iron Fists, which it's about as weird as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love the guy. He's got a he's got good taste. Like he really uh, loves movies like this and like kung fu movies and stuff like that. That's um, awesome. Thought he did a really good job. But anyway, because then there's those scenes where we're like using rat traps and some real stuff you could buy anywhere. Uh, yeah. home, home alone style fight scenes too so totally yeah, totally cool. awesome um what do you think they're trying to say about aging in this movie like yeah. do you feel like aging is a big part of this movie so not as much as like the wrestler maybe like we kind of talked about that with wrestler 2 uh this one i think they it's uh i think it's part of the the story but um yeah I, I think what it has to say is, like, you know, aging, yeah, getting old can get boring. And in particular, I think it's about retired life. Um, 
retired life sounds pretty appealing, you know, uh, to a certain yeah. degree, but it also like means that, you know, you're kind of, uh, deciding that, well, kind of done working, but what happens if you want to work again? Like it could happen. Right. Totally. And, totally. Uh, we see that play out with a few of characters here. So, yeah. Um, well, I think it's more it's about retirement maybe. Yeah, totally. It's interesting too. Cause it seems like for him, a big part of his personality is tied into his job. And so it is when he like retired from that and then like kind of succumbed to like the normal, natural, everyday monotony right. of life, which I think both of these movies did a good job of showing. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like then he like got disconnected from his wife. Yeah. And, you know, like kind of interesting. Yeah. And it's very much, it's a very uh, male culture thing where it's like you are your job, which I think we need, like, hopefully we're getting out of the habit of doing where it's like, no. Oh, I hope so. Uh, But it does seem like men especially kind of seem to have that uh, thought process where it's like, no, I am my job. Um, Yeah. You know, so he, you're right, he kind of identified with that job so much. And he did, like, again, he did authentically try to do the retired thing. He thought it's what he wanted. But, you know, sometimes you do realize, like, well, nope, I guess not. Like, yeah. Right. It can happen. Yeah, this leads really nicely into my last question. Uh, What do you think that this movie says about, like, toxic masculinity? Um, Like, for instance, the neighbor with the car and (laughs) him saying, like, I wish that happened at my house. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, interesting. Yeah. I, again, like these weren't maybe as prominent, but yeah, I think it does have something to say about that because even Hutch is not your, he may possess the, the skills that most toxic men like that would like to possess or, uh, self-dilute themselves into thinking that they do possess, (laughs) um, because we would all like to be that. And you know, that's kind of the root of what started this movie. Bob Odenkirk had a couple of real life domestic break-ins and yeah. I like that, you know, it would spark a story like that where it's like, what would I do if I did have, if I was a badass? I think we all have yeah. had that thought. And it's not just limited to men. I think women, like case, like you two, like, had the, what if I could, like, kill somebody with my thumb? And that would be pretty cool and satisfying. I wouldn't want to actually go through the, the trauma of killing someone. I don't want to do it, but. Yeah. But how cool <laughs> would it be? Yes. What if I could? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty human, like, uh, desire. Because we always want, yeah, want a little more. Um, But anyway, I think, yeah, Hutch does manage to set himself apart from other toxic men because his uh, intentions seem a little more noble. Like, the, yeah, he doesn't uh, take those people down out of, because he notices the gun isn't loaded. So that wouldn't be right. So he's got a code. Um, and even then, it's not that's not what really spurns him to take action. It's it's seeing an uh, innocent woman, like, being harassed. Yeah, he's, like, a really interesting character because he really doesn't embody any of, the, like, the toxic masculinity traits. And, in fact, seems like a very, like, chill and normal dude until we learn that he's actually, in fact, a badass. Um <laughs> And I like that about his character a lot. Like, he's really the unassuming. Yeah. Yes. You know? Totally. Yeah, the unassuming. And that's, I always prefer that style as opposed to the... Me too. Like, you know, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, a lot of people idolize that and stuff, but it's like, you know, it's right there. It's on the surface and everything like that. Right, right. No, it's nice when you can, like, especially all the people around him just don't believe him capable. Yes. Too. Like, his father-in-law seems like a toxic masculinity guy, you know, and his brother-in-law and, you know, his neighbor with the muscle car. Like, they all kind of seem like those assholes that you don't really want to talk to. Yeah, totally. And then we've got this guy that's just, like, your typical dad. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want my own my own peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. totally. Mm-hmm. 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 Awesome. Well, time for your favorites. Favorites. Uh, what was your favorite scene? So, favorite scene would be the bus scene, of course. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> so this was the scene. They showed a little bit of it in the trailer. Fortunately, they didn't spoil too much. Thank goodness. But it just uh, builds really nicely um, to the final, like, this is the first real throwdown we get with the Hutch character, and we get to see what he's capable of, and we get a feel for what the style of violence is going to be for this movie, which is... Yeah. No, realistic. Like, people are getting hurt. Like, you know, um, yeah, glass shards are penetrating skin. Like, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, just so goddamn satisfying. And I love... <laughs> especially when they throw him through the window. He's <laughs> on the ground, and he proceeds to get up and <laughs> go back into the bus. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not done here. Yeah, I know. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, okay. Really good shit. <laughs> I see what we're doing. <laughs> so that totally. was really good, yeah. Yeah, that's a great scene. Uh, what was your favorite quote? Favorite quote? Um, I mean, so I'll say one. So everybody dies, some sooner than others. But that seems pretty generic. Honestly, though, it's all about the delivery of, as simple as the line is, it's the delivery and the setup for when he says... I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because it the key to it is he takes out the gun, he pops it open, he lets the bullets fall to the ground, and then he says it. It's this theatrics, the display of it's like, oh no, no, no. This isn't gonna be an easy way out. I'm not gonna shoot you. Like that would be right, too easy. Right. No, no, we're we're gonna fight this out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Really good. Totally. So he really sold that. He did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, and then your favorite performance. So, I mean, Bob Odenkirk kind of takes it. He's but so good. I would say Christopher Lloyd just for the sheer, like, what the fuck factor. And, like, the fact that he pulls it off. <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. would I have cast Doc Brown as, yeah. So crazy. A shotgun-wielding killer. And he, and he demanded that he wield the shotguns in those scenes. So that's actually Christopher Lloyd toting those oh. sawed-off shotguns. I love that. That's cute. Really awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. It was well done. Yeah. Awesome. Um, would you rewatch and recommend? I would definitely rewatch. I own it now. Like that was the only way I could get it. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Like I would. I don't mind owning this movie for sure. It's pretty good. Yeah. And then recommend for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially awesome. like if you like, especially if you're going through the worry of it's like, ah, it's John Wick again. It's like, no, it's different. Like it, they do manage to be different. Yeah, it's definitely like it's a story we know. 
but with characters that we don't know. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. Um, and then what would you rate it out of five stars? I mean, this is what I like to call an easy five. Like, yeah. <laughs> because, because, and it's a, a good solid hour 31, so it doesn't overstay its yeah. welcome. It maintains a pretty good pace. And, uh, you know, it delivers on, like, you gotta look at it with, like, what am I looking for in a movie like this? And does it manage to also be different? And it does all of those things. So yeah. it delivers, and then it also, like, it manages to be different. Because sometimes, yeah, like, I, yeah. I was just gonna say I agree. And, like, when I watched it, I was just like, this is a Jacob movie through and through. Yeah. <laughs> and it is such a bummer that it came out in 2020 because it would have been great to watch I this think, at the theater. Yes, I think it would have. Uh, I think it would have been a little more successful. Yeah, I think it's Either getting way, its though, recognition, but it just like I don't think the numbers are reflecting what it could have potentially got. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there's talks of them wanting to give it, make it a sequel. Honestly, like yeah. I'm, I'm of two minds about it. Like, part of me wants this. If you can do this again and maintain that awesome thing that sets it apart from everything else, do it. I just worry that they're gonna, you know, you succumb to the franchise stuff. Usually, I know it's like I like it so much as a standalone. Definitely, that yeah. like I don't want them to make a sequel. I don't want it to be like some Jason Bourne exactly shit. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. you know. If they do make a sequel, like, hopefully they, like, keep the tone yeah. and the storytelling that they had in the first one. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. We'll see. Yeah. Because I would watch it, but, yeah. like, I would just be nervous that they would fuck it up because this one was so good. Same. Yep, for sure. Awesome. But, no, really, really glad I got to see it. And, like, it's a, it's a solid entry of uh, 2021's movie list, so... Good, yeah good stuff awesome awesome well okay we have covered both of our movies i think the time has come for us to see are there any connections between these two and uh yeah. did you come up with anything <laughs> <laughs> i did all right what you uh, got so uh both movies are about getting older yep both are about pastime men who are physically oh who are physical and fight people for a living yeah yeah nice yep True. Um, uh, both show the monotony of everyday life. Like both of them have like a really nice montage of like getting up and yeah. going to work yeah. and working the full day, forgetting the garbage, and going home and yeah, forgetting the garbage and going home and playing video games and like just that slow pace. Uh, they both do a good job of showing that is what real life looks like. Yes. Um, and uh, both have fathers trying to reconnect with their kids. Yes. And then both of them are sort of comeback stories. Nice. Yeah, a little bit, for sure. Yeah, I think you covered everything. Like, I, mine are basically just going <laughs> to re-say some of your stuff. Both feature lead characters who take some pretty brutal damage over the course of the movie. Yes. Uh, both the lead characters are looking to retire, uh, but are drawn back into the work that they want to leave behind. Yes. And uh, both feature, yeah, like you said, uh, kids who are dis. Well, no, more specifically, both feature kids who are disappointed in their father. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, that specific is good. But uh, yeah, awesome. I liked these connections. Again, kind of work as a double feature, and if you squint your eyes enough, like. 
Yeah, totally. And these really do kind of feel like uh, these are dad movies. They are. <laughs> like, I might identify, and there's kind of a genre. It's like, you know, dad movies. <laughs> yeah, totally. They both definitely have, like, I would say The Wrestler, just a little bit more of him, like, connecting with his kids. Yeah. Or trying to than nobody. Yeah. Um, But, you know, this all sort of does feel like it spikes from, like, the um, Hutch's kid, like, trying to take down the burglars and then being mad at his dad for not doing the same. Yeah, totally. Uh, so it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, yeah. think the lasagna looked good? Lasagna? In Nobody? Yeah. Oh, wait. I, th I heard something about this. There's no cheese I on it. I guess it was, like, it's a, a big fight problem. that they, they had. <laughs> <laughs> like, he wanted to put Parmesan cheese on top because that's how they do their lasagna. And then somebody else on set is like, that's a monstrosity. You would never put Parmesan on top. That's and weird. It was like I a thought whole that's thing. like a thing. I thought that is well, what you do. Well, usually you put mozzarella, mozzarella on top. I see. I see. That was like a cheese fight. Okay. <laughs> but I think they did. It looked good. It looked fun. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, well, all right. We've made our connections. How about some... Uh, recommendations yes um i'm going to recommend a book it is a book i've been waiting for for two years so i was very excited oh, wow. um yes uh i actually recommended the first book in the series a while back um which is called what if it's us okay uh and it's by uh becky albertalli which is the same person that wrote love simon oh perfect um and she partners with another author, um, Adam Silvera, who is a really cool gay author. And they write this story about um, two characters who, like, randomly meet in New York when they're young. And the first one ends with, like, them kind of going off to college and trying to figure out separate lives. And this one is, like, years later, them, like, bumping into each other again. Yeah. And just, like, a story about the universe and, you know... Um, the universe? Growing and yes, the <laughs> <Jesus>. universe. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> um, but the book is so good, and they write, like, so nicely together. And these characters, it's just, like... It's kind of like putting on a really nice, warm, comfy sweater. Hmm. Like, coming back into these characters' minds. Um, nice. It's just really good. Cool. I was really, really happy with it. For something that I waited for for so long, like, that was a lot of hype, right? Yeah. But it was really, really lovely. Nice. Highly what's, recommend it. What's it called? Here's to us. Here's to us. Cool. Fantastic. What is your recommendation? I'm going to recommend... Uh, uh, I'm going to recommend dipping back into The Lord of the Rings. The trilogy, folks. That's right. Hey. I, uh, for the first time, am uh, watching the trilogy. Uh, I love that. <laughs> Apparently, that's, yeah, the nerddom thing. They just call it the trilogy. Yep. Um, so dipping back into that, but I'm watching the extended versions for the first time. And uh, I remember when these things first came out, I was a little annoyed where it's just like, I mean, guys, the movies are pretty, I mean, the movie's pretty fucking long, long. already. <laughs> like, and you want to add, uh, how, how much more are we talking here? About an hour. An hour? You want to add an hour to a movie that's already <laughs> long. Um. I have since come around to because I realized I saw the first movie in theaters and yeah. uh, 
when it faded to black and started rolling the credits, I was ready to go. I was like, oh, they're just going to change the reels, right? Like, there's, we're going to keep watching? It's like, dude, we've been sitting for three hours. What are you talking about? We're going home. It's like, what? No, but it's not over. Like, I had no idea. Um, yeah, so good. The, the trilogy is great. It uh, still hold, like, it's, holds its power. It definitely does. And I will say, like, so no, it's not too much. It it gets, like, what, you want more Lord of the Rings? And I realize, yes, yeah. yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> of course I do. And yeah, it, it's so good. Uh, the first time that I watched the extended ones, we actually went to a Lord of the Rings McMinimins party. Oh, shit. And, like, we were there like the entire day Damn, um, yeah. watching these extended versions, eating pizza, nice. drinking root beer. Cause we were still minors. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just really fun. And there was a lot of people uh, dressed up as elves and <laughs> of course. hobbits and, yeah. and it was cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. And they really, they really hold up like, and uh, these extended versions only add like they really do. It builds the world out more for me. And now it's like, now I won't watch the original versions again, probably. Yeah. Unless I am on a time crunch. <laughs> Unless I'm like, uh, I don't really want it. But I really like, I think it adds to it. And so that's, it does. that's a, an example of, it's like, no, they used, they did it correctly here. Yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, check out the, check out the extended versions of Lord of the Rings. They're on HBO Max now. So yeah, sweet. Um, and if you have a recommendation of your own that you want to send us, uh, you can send that to us by our email address. At movieconnectionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram to keep up to date on things, which is at the movie connection, all one word. But you can also follow us individually. Me at Jacob Bean Watson. And me at Casey Schwartz. We have a Facebook. Um, you know, give us a give us a like and maybe a review on Apple Podcasts if you will. It would be most yes. appreciated. And uh, I am frequently on Letterboxd, so if you want to hear more reviews or read more reviews from me, check out Letterboxd. I got a link for that in the show notes. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. So what do you say we assign each other the movies for next week? Yes, let's do it. So I'm going to have you want, you know, let's have a little fun. Let's get a little lighthearted, a little fun. Uh, yes. A little fun mischief with a movie called Heartbreakers. Heartbreakers. And this stars Sigourney Weaver. Oh, cool. I am assigning you a fun movie as well. Uh, really, because I just felt like watching it. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes that's how it be, folks. Yeah. Um, I'm assigning you How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. All right. It's finally happening. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> So this is this is awesome. Returning back to the McConaughey early era. How to lose a yes. guy in ten days. And this was when he was doing his rom coms. Yes, this is when he was king of the rom coms. It's with Kate Hudson and it's just fucking fun. Fantastic. So let's get to it. How to lose a guy in ten days and heartbreakers. Alright, this'll be fun. Well tune in yeah. next week to hear us trying to make connections between these two movies and uh, talk about them. Hell yeah. All right, everybody, be safe out there, and we will hopefully see you next week. Bye. Bye.